Thank you so much for joining us here at Cardo Kids Cast. I'm your host, Mel Shewitt, and today I'm joined by guest Hugh Lewis Jones, author of Croc O'Clock. You know, you feel like you want to make books that bring people joy and, and happiness and are fun to make. The world's largest crocodile likes to eat, but feeding time is getting out of control. As the zoo clock ticks toward midnight, Croc is growing bigger and bigger. But how will the countdown end? Croc O'Clock has a starred review from Kirkus, which calls it a sing-along fit for hungry crowds and crocs. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Hugh Lewis-Jones, author of Croc O'Clock. Hello, I'm Hugh Lewis-Jones, the author of Croc O'Clock. I am so excited to talk to you about Croc O'Clock and a couple of other books you have going on here with Cardo. Let's start with where did the idea for Croc O'Clock come from? And I specifically want to know if you matched like a story that you already had working in progress to the tune of what we experience in Croc O'Clock or did you have like the tune in mind when you wrote the story? It's a good question. It's, uh, for those who haven't seen the book yet, it's basically about a crocodile that eats too much junk food. But um, it's funny when I ask the same question of authors where their ideas come from, they come from all sorts of different directions. This particular book, um, I guess, was born out of my my own love of visiting zoos as a kid uh, and now as an adult uh, taking an interest in, in animals generally. Uh, you know, I know it's not a good thing to feed a croc donuts and uh, all sorts of sweet treats, but um, uh, there is a, a sort of a positive message by the end of the book, which we can come to. But yeah, it's it's a book. Um, you know, that mirrors the, the famous uh, Christmas song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. I won't try and sing it, but, but I could. Um, and it was, it's just an idea, really, that stuck in my head for a long time. I, um, uh, I, sp- I, I have a daughter, so I you know, spend a lot of time walking with her or walking the dog. But um, in my other life, uh, I drive um, little boats in quite remote places. We'll come on to that, I guess. So often these little ideas for stories just stay with me. You can't sort of shake them off song was one of those one of those ideas I couldn't quite shake off and um you know it's I'm pleased that it's become a book working with with my friend the illustrator Ben Sanders and and you know it's just sort of taken a life of its own I mean Ben Sanders does an incredible we should just take a minute to appreciate how beautiful the illustrations are in this book yeah he's a really he's a really talented uh, uh illustrator from Australia he's he's a good friend of mine as um you know, my my career is a my life as a children's book author, <laughs> just just beginning really. But it, it has started in, in in the books I've been making with Ben, uh, Hugh and Ben Productions. So we've done we've done a, a bunch of books, um, some for other publishers actually. But the, these are the first uh, for for Quarto, and we're, we're really pleased. And I mean that genuinely, really pleased to be working with the team at Happy Ack and Quarto, um, both in the UK and America to sort of bring some of these crazy stories of ours to life. And uh, it's, it's lovely in this industry. I'm learning, having done lots of adult books, it's really lovely to be able to make books with, with your friends and people, you know, whose talent you, uh, you know, you can sort of play off with, you know, our creativity kind of, you know, we're constantly bouncing ideas back and forth. And so a book like Crocker Clock really exists because of, of the work that, that, author and illustrator do together and in fact it could be only the uh the illustrator even more so his illustrations are so bright and cool and sort of retro colorful really um really fun i think i wholeheartedly agree so you guys work together closely on the book that's 
pretty unusual, generally speaking, for authors and illustrators. Yeah, I, I guess it is. And that's the thing is I didn't really know any different. As I said, this is kind of my first year as a, a uh, writing books, creating books for children. Um, so my first book came out earlier this summer. But, you know, I have a sort of a former life as, as an author for, for, of books for, for adults, all kinds of things, explorers and, and maps and history books and various other crazy kind of collaborations. And with those adult books, I was always working with, you know, curators and publishers and artists, photographers, all that thing. So it's always, I mean, that's the fun bit, working with each other. I now understand um, that, you know, on kids' books, you know, actually it's not a usual process that the author and illustrator work that closely. Publishers kind of liked it. The, uh, the author just to, um, you know, uh, let the illustrator get on with it. But, uh, and, that's, and that's really good for some projects, actually. Um, but for these, these ones, uh, particularly where there's an interplay between words and text, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have it anyway, but Ben and I really, really like working together. I can tell, it shows through your work. How did you become a children's book author? You've written several adult books. What made you decide to take a stab at the children's sphere? Do you know, I, that's a good question. Again, I, I actually feel a bit like a kid standing on the edge of the pool. And uh, I, I like, I really want to swim. I really want to dive in. And I'm now, I've now dived in, but I haven't yet worked out how to swim. So, you know, the only way to become a children's book author is to begin, no doubt. And I was, I was really lucky that Quarter have responded to the story. But as I say, I had, I've had ideas for stories in my head for years. I mean, literally 10 years, I suppose but never had the time to, to get them down properly. Always doing adult books. As I say, my, my life outside of books is, is an expedition leader. So always very, very busy overseas. Um, but in the last few years, you know, I've returned to teaching and also, I guess, lockdown, you know, forced me to, um, to you know, well, it gave me the time actually to, to really get many of these ideas that were in my head down on paper. And um, as it was a really nice change in actual fact you know it's, it's it's really enjoyable making kids books and I guess part of being a dad and a teacher is you know you know you feel like you want to make books that bring people joy and, and happiness and are fun to make not just long history books that maybe no one will read. <laughs> here here I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier and that is that you often center your books around animals can you tell us why? Oh, that's an easy one. I mean, I love animals. I mean, um, you know, the animals are through literature, aren't they, and through all kinds of children's books. But um, for me, uh, it was sort of a natural fit. As I'm a, a naturalist. So it, again, in my other life, I'm a, a, a field uh, nature guide. And, you know, I, so I take people north or south to see polar bears or penguins or whatever. So inevitably, my interest lies with animals. Uh, that said, we're talking about a book about a crocodile in the zoo right now. But um I just think, I think, you know, I maybe it's, it doesn't come across in this particular book, but in other books I've, I'm making for quarter in actual fact, yeah, there are, there are plenty of animals, but animals is a sort of a mirror to some of the things that people are going through or the feelings that we, we have. Um, the next book for, for, for quarter actually is all about a, a badger going through a, a kind of an existential crisis, um, which sounds a bit serious. It's not, it's, it's a sweet sort of, I hope a, a fun uh, little book, but yeah, more, more, more animals. In that book, all the animals are in black and white, which is a curious sort of a thing, but that's one of the themes of the book itself. Illustrators also love to draw animals. I mean, you know, I, I, would, I would hope to think kids also love reading books with, with animals in them. Um, 
that's not to say I'm not just animals. I mean, my, my first ever kids book was all about a talking apple. So <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Which actually yeah, kind of know. brings me to my next question. And you sort of brought it up with Blue Badger, which I have had a chance to read and I just adore it. I think visually and the text as well, just absolutely stunning. But all of your books also have this like level of humor to them. Every book that I've seen so far of yours, at least for children, seems to have this like humorous edge to it. Is that important to you to include a humorous piece to your books? Um, well, I, I, I guess I'm just a bit of a weird guy. Like I, I funny, I, I think I find myself funny. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think kids just, I, they're the kinds of books that I, I like to read my daughter also, you know, just fun things that are funny, a bit, bit lighthearted. I mean, it's not to say that some of the themes maybe something like blue badger for example is a kind of it deals with i hope quite serious themes about identity maybe even um, mindfulness the sort of the feelings that uh, you know people might have uh, confusion with life i don't know but i, I think there's always a, a room for some some humor i think the other thing with some of the books i'm, I'm trying to create is is actually to to strip them back really to as little text as possible which um, you know, particularly when you've got wonderful illustrations that can speak in lots of ways for your words too. It's nice not to have that many words. So you find often in the illustrations, there's kind of an element of a joke or humor or, or, or you know, the images and words play together in a way. But um, I just, I, I, yeah, I guess that's the kind of books that I like to read and, and, and I'm interested in just having a bit of a joke and um yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm del delighted to think you found them funny. So that's, that's all. <laughs> Looking to stay up to date on everything Quarto Kids has to offer? Sign up to receive our e-newsletters and we'll stay in touch with upcoming books, creator interviews, educator guides, and more. Sign up to stay in touch at quartonose.com forward slash R forward slash educator newsletter. That's Q-U-A-R-T-O-K-N-O-W-S.com forward slash R forward slash educator newsletter. They ha I mean, I personally just love dark humor and I feel like they have this underlying sort of dark humor and I don't want to give anything away from any of the books, but I feel like each book has this moment where, I don't know, well, I it, think it could go either way. Well, that's a nice thing to think. I mean, I should say Blue Badger, we can talk more when that comes out. That, that actually has a, a pretty nice happy ending to it. But yes. There are there are other books, and I'm thinking particularly of Bad Apple, but that's not with Kortu. But yeah, they they end up pretty, uh, you know, badly. But I, in a in a good way. Like I don't think every story needs a, a sweet happy resolution. I think um, I think kind of kids um kids can tolerate a bit of um a bit a bit of darkness too. And I, it's funny. I, I when I, some people have asked me about inspirations, what kids books I like when I grow up, and definitely, I mean, it's part of I guess being British, but it's all over the world is um. The work of Roald Dahl, for example, and um, you know, obviously Roald Dahl. I mean, one of my favourites was his story, *The Enormous Crocodile*. So I suppose that's a direct link to oh, Crocodile. Yeah. But Roald Dahl wrote, wrote loads of stories about about you know beasts and um, animals getting up, and humans actually getting up to all sorts of all sorts of um, uh, nasty things. Not nasty, but you know, um, naughty. I think we can tolerate a level of naughtiness, and um, uh, you know, not enough stuff to make kids cry but you know it's quite good not for not everything to end in a in a, a kiss and a hug good night i think i think some stories can can take us in different directions that's not to say uh, clock o'clock um 
it's, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward story. I'd love to, to think that people would sing it. I mean, so it's set to, you know, on the first day of Christmas, my true love set to me, whatever. Um, see, I told you I couldn't sing. But, um, <laughs> you know, Croc is obviously gradually being fed lots and lots of um, junk food, you know, and his, uh, his keepers in the zoo tolerate that. So um, I hope kids will have fun with it. And, and as I say, a book like Croc O'Clock is just something I enjoy singing with my, my, my daughter or, or my nieces and nephews. I have a big family. Um, just, you know, we're on a hike or walking and stuff. It's quite a fun sort of game or song to remember, you know, see if you can remember all the lines or diff- all the different foods and things. Who couldn't resist a five donut rings? You know, it's like a kind of a perfect thing, I think. I, I, I want to imagine kids shouting that across the house. And I also sort of want to imagine that it's it's kind of a song that will uh, stick in people's heads. Probably I won't, parents won't thank me for it. Nor, nor lovely librarians. There's no singing in the library, I guess. But um, I don't know. Maybe people will find it funny and that, that would make me very happy. Well, when I was presenting this book to the very librarians listening to this podcast, I ended up singing the, uh, parts, did you? Of the yeah, parts of the book. It sticks yeah. with you. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So no doubt. I mean, at some point, if the book does, does well, I'd, I'd love to do events in, you know, bookshop shops and libraries and things. And, you know, um, I don't take myself too seriously. So would, would I be willing to sing the song whilst, you know, wearing a crocodile onesie i guess i would you know uh, that's, good to know uh, i'm gonna write that I'm, down uh, yeah yeah don't i'm i'm down with that you know these these things are fine and and if not crocs also badges and all sorts of other things so um a lot of fun to be had i think that's also the answer to your question of how you start or why am i writing kids books i just so far i'm really in, enjoying it i mean that's yeah, the truth of it so what do you do when you're not writing you alluded <laughs> to being a professor earlier well, yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing, right? So I've got a, a PhD in, in all sorts of things, but I'm writing books about crocodiles and badges. I am, I teach, I teach at a, a university, a college here in, in the United Kingdom in Cornwall. Um, it's uh, Falmouth University. And um, yeah, I'm a professor across many departments, but I, I teach uh, culture and creativity and photography and environmental themes. And so, yeah, animals come into it a lot with my, with my creative students. They, they go on to do all sorts of things. Some of them become writers in fact, but um, you know, filmmakers and photographers and trying to encourage them to, to be playful and creative and, and mess around. And that, I guess if that's one thing about, you know, being a professor, even with a PhD and all the rest of it is that, you can also write kids books like you should never take yourself too seriously take your work seriously absolutely but um never take yourself too seriously so yeah I'm, i'll be singing badly in a in a crocodile onesie at some point i'm sure of it and my, my students will both be pleased with that and find me desperately embarrassing but that's okay i can cope. hopefully their little voices will drown out yours and then you won't yeah. have to worry about it yeah, as i said before as long as i'm having fun right <laughs> right that's all that matters yeah, I guess. Um, we, we talked a little bit about Blue Badger, um, but what else are you working on now? Well, the, ne- the next few books for, for quarter, actually. So, um, yeah, Croc, Croc O'Clock is just out now. Uh, the next one uh, with Corto will be Blue Badger, which we've talked about. But that's actually a series of three books. Um, Blue Badger is the first uh, badger uh you know um, confused with the world um and that's followed by another badger book called um blue badgers uh, big breakfast i think that's the working title and um yeah he um well, i won't reveal the story but it's another 
adventure of finding the meaning of life and helping his friends. So it's kind of quite pleasing. But there's a there's another um, book which I'm making for Corto that's been illustrated by the wonderful Fred Blunt, who's a really um, well-known illustrator here in England. And um, it's called A Quokka for the Queen. Um, so you probably all know what, who the Queen is, but the uh, the Quokka is a, another kind of animal. It's a special little animal from Australia. And um, uh, that's another sort of sort of um it's not a sing-along book but it's got lots of word wordplay and rhyming and fun and a bit of chaos enough mayhem but i hope also a kind of a happy ending to it as well so lots of animals and people interacting and getting up to all kinds of sort of chaos in humorous ways yeah i hope so <laughs> it's the queen's birthday that's all you need to know the queen's birthday <laughs> um instead of getting presents this year she's going to give presents and that makes her happier Ooh, nice That'll be out um, in the summer, so next summer, Quokka, a Quokka for the Queen. Uh, and then another Blue Badger, so the third of the Blue Badger series. Uh, and all sorts of other things. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to reveal, but there's there's always three or four different kids' books on the go uh, with, with different illustrators, actually. But um, who knows? Who knows? As I said, I'm just... Uh, just at the tip of the iceberg, just getting started. Well, just at the edge of the pool, just swimming. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, hope, I'm hoping, hoping to find my way. Hmm. It's funny. I, um, I definitely had to Google Quokka, Quokka, because I had never heard of it before. But that's that's good. I mean, yeah, because look, you can Google Quokka, spelled Q-U-O-K-K-A. And what you get, loads of images of probably the cutest, happiest looking animal in the world, right? Um, uh, All animals are wonderful, but Quokkas are particularly cute. So, um, I'm hoping that book does well. I'd love very much to go uh, see them in the wild. Uh, for the first time, I've never seen a quokka. As, uh, they live on a tiny little island off uh, the west coast of Australia. Do um, the quokkas have a bookshop where they can see your book? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I hope it's published in Australia, put it that way. But um, there, will, <laughs> there will be other books in the future in the pipeline on uh, more f- familiar territory for me. So I'm, I'm doing books about bears at the moment also and penguins as well. So um, kind of that's some more conventional stuff for me as, a, as a, an Arctic explorer. I guess. I've got one final question for you. And you started to talk about it a little bit earlier. But what is it that pulls you into a book? What makes you pick up that book time and time again? I'm a bit, I'm a, a bibliophile. I have piles and piles of books at home. So I'm always reading and, and buying books and we should all just buy books. Most of the books I buy, I never get around to reading, but you know, that's just the joy of living with books. Right. Same boat. Um, yeah. But no, I'm always, I'm, I'm sorry, I read books for, for work, for the adult books I write. I'm constantly buying kids books now as a, a writer for children, also being inspired and stimulated by what other people are creating. But more often than not, they're, they're books with a bit of wordplay, books with bright, fun, you know, friendly illustrations that um, can take uh, children on a journey, but, you know, and make them laugh, hopefully. I love that. Comes right back to what you were saying about humor earlier and how important it is in children's books. I'd love, do you know what, you've given me an idea, but, you know, if anyone from Corto is listening, wouldn't it be nice to get a bunch of illustrators to illustrate a children's joke book like you know we, we kids love jokes I love jokes but that would be kind of a neat book to do I mean ultimately it's the, the chance to work with great illustrators that's the joy of an author because it also Im- improves your writing as you go if you, when you work together with an illustrator there are lots of 
ideas that um, you know spin off from the books that you made. So it's often said when you read a book, you realize you need to read another five. And I think it's true too of, of I've making- I've never heard books. that expression. I like that. Yeah, it's, I think it's true too of making children's books. The moment you make one, um, you feel like you want to make another five. I mean, they're really fun to make. And um, seems I like hope... it's working out in your favor. Well, so far, so good. I hope, <laughs> I hope um, kids and parents enjoy them as much as I enjoy making them. I, I know they will because I have read them and I adore them. Well, thank you again so much for stopping by and talking that's, to that's me. Kind of, thank you oh, very much. Thank you so much for listening to our chat with Hugh Lewis-Jones. Croc O'Clock is available online and in bookstores and libraries worldwide. We would love to see you subscribe to Cardo Kids Cast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find all available episodes at anchor.fm slash Cast. And hey, if you're enjoying Cardo Kids Cast, we'd be grateful if you left a review so others can hear about it too. Special thanks to Scott Holmes for our theme music, Steve Roth for his promotional vocal stylings, Hugh Lewis-Jones for stopping by to talk to us, and of course you, the listener, for tuning in. Until next time.